Hey, what's up, guys? This is Brad. This is Miles. And welcome to the house. All right, Brad. Well, you know how we always uh, talk about our favorite events in sports? Yes. Whether that be one of our favorite college football matchups, whether that be one of our favorite NFL rivalries. Today, I think we're going to talk about uh, everyone's favorite event. This is a fan favorite, whether you like golf or you hate golf. The Masters is upon us. I mean, there's nothing more majestic to me than a Masters Sunday. You know, what's kind of crazy is when you hear the Masters music going, it just gets your heart beating. and It's kind of like a soothing beat, like a <laughs> getting excited to see what's going to happen, who's going to take home the green jacket. And can we just go ahead and establish right in the beginning, we have Tiger Woods in the field. Tiger Woods is back, and I'm hoping Tiger Woods takes it down, and I don't care if everyone sucks and Tiger Woods just does subpar or Tiger Woods balls out and he wins in a playoff as long as he wins, right? Regardless, you know we're going to see some good storylines. It's always a fun weekend at Augusta. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I just want to let all the house fans out there know we have a guest with us. This is going to be our very first guest. He is a PGA professional, and this is Trey Scott. How you doing? What's going on, guys? Happy to be here. Super excited. Um, so we're going to go ahead and ask a few questions. Uh, Trey has the experience of going to Augusta and walking through the beautiful course and, and seeing the great golf that's played there. So we're going to ask a few interview questions. Yeah, and I think it's really cool uh, to have someone here uh, that we can talk through because uh, first and foremost, we, we want to talk about our favorites. But it's important to get to know what what it feels like to be out there. Yeah, definitely. So give him a quick rundown uh, on, on on everything, Miles. You, let, you lead this off for us. All right, Trey. So the first thing as a uh, as an avid golf fan, when I'm looking at my favorite courses, especially Augusta, I want to know if you can talk to me about your first time that you stepped onto the grounds. Can you describe to me what that felt like? Yeah, man. I mean, growing up, uh, growing up, growing up a golf fan and a golfer, you know, stepping onto Augusta National for the first time is pretty awesome. First off, the first time I went there, I thought that you actually got to go down Magnolia Lane. You know, that's what you see. That's yeah. kind of like how everybody kicks it off. You know, Magnolia Lane is the entrance to Augusta National. That's actually a mem- members only entrance. So we wow. made that mistake by, uh, the security guard telling us, no, that's not the right spot. So, uh, but man, showing up there is just awesome. Awesome. Um, you've read, everybody's read stuff about it. There's not a blade of grass out of place. It's impossible to describe how, how immaculate that facility is from the landscaping, walking into the actual golf course itself. But, um, just walking on, uh, the first thing that I noticed whenever I got there was how hilly it was. You know, you can kind of tell on TV and everything, but once you actually get in person and you're walking on the golf course and you're through three holes and your calves start to hurt because it's really up and down, it's a very undulating golf course. So it's a, it's a really grand spectacle. You know, you see things that you've seen on TV your whole life and, and showing up for the first time is really, uh. It's pretty extraordinary experience for sure. That's interesting uh, that you mentioned how how undulating it is because yeah. for me on TV it seems you know so so level. Yeah. So when you you walk in and it's it's pretty flat. They have the new. Um, They've built all kinds of stuff there recently, but they have the new practice facility as you walk in, and it's pretty flat there. And then as soon as you get onto the golf course, you walk in like right in the middle of number one fairway and hang a left, and you walk straight up a hill to number one tee box. And that's kind of the highest point of the golf course. And from there, you can you know pick and choose where you want to go, but um, that's kind of the highest point of the golf course. And then, yeah, it's just it's just rolling, man, through, through all the Georgia ponds and stuff. It goes... Uh, it goes pretty pretty up and down. It's pretty crazy. 
Very cool. That's pretty cool, man. So let's move over to the next question. Okay, so every major tournament has that one shot that just sticks in your brain that you can never forget. So what is the most memorable shot you saw while you were at Augusta? Yeah, so um, we like to. I've been, I've been the last five years. Luckily, I'm a PGA member, and we get a complimentary ticket to go. So, uh, me and a couple buddies like to go down there. Obviously, take advantage of that. But we like going down and sitting at Amen's Corner, um, 11, okay. 12, 13. And the most famous shot that I can remember seeing was Jordan Spieth's quadruple bogey in 2016. So I was just about to ask that. So, so you had a front row seat to that. Yeah, so we uh, we usually go down to 12. I mean, the first couple times we went, we walked the course just so we could see everything. But we usually go down to 12 and sit right on the par 3 because you can see the shots coming in on 11. You yeah. can see the whole uh, entire hole of 12, which is the most beautiful golf hole, I think, that, that there is in the world. It just looks like a picture. It doesn't even look real when you're when you're there. But um, And then you can watch them tee off on 13, and if they hit a bad tee shot up in the trees, um, you all probably remember where Phil was right up against a tree and hit it on the green in two. Yeah. Um, so you can sometimes catch them right there. But, yeah, I was right there um, with my buddy Seth, and we saw uh, – we saw Jordan Speed take that quadruple bogey in 2016. He went from, he, I think he was five under leading the tournament, uh, went back to one under, and obviously you all know what happened after that. You know, he lost lost the tournament. Oh, yeah, super heartbreaker. That's what a great thing for you to witness because even me seeing it on TV, that's something I can never unwatch. It's something that I'll never forget, but you got to see it in person. That, that's That's awesome. Great, great story right there. Well, see, when we saw it, when we saw him, uh, you know, he hit in the water, obviously, which is, uh, that happens. It was crazy to see it happen on Sunday at the Masters. But then he, you know, he hit a second shot from like 110 yards back. He didn't go all the way up to the water, which you're able to do. Yeah. He laid he laid back due to yards and then busted it over the green in the bunker. So it was yeah, it was pretty unbelievable. What was the energy like? I mean, once everyone kind of realized what was happening. Oh, well, everybody was rooting for him. I mean, everybody yeah. wanted him to win. So, you know, it, it took the wind out of everybody. And you're just, I mean, you can, I mean, even me right now, I, I can just, I can't imagine what it would be like to be a young Jordan Spieth at the Masters in the lead, you know, on the back nine on a Sunday, beautiful day, lots, and then quadruple bogey. I mean, it was so, it was so, it was devastating. It was, it was hard to watch. It really was. I felt sorry flip- for him. On the flip side, was it really cool to see Sergio take one home last year? Oh yeah, that was awesome. I've I've always been a Sergio fan. You know, there's there's not a, very many Americans that that like Sergio, and you all have seen why. And uh, it was cool to watch him watch him win. And um, you know, he just had a baby. I think a couple months yeah. ago or last month, and I think he named her Azalea. So uh, pretty cool. But yeah, he's a. I mean, what a what a great win for him and. For his first uh, major win to come at the Masters, I mean, how special. Yeah, it was a really cool moment. Um, So uh, going on to the next question here, Trey, uh, if there was one thing uh, that you're going to do differently this year than last, like how is is there a way, is there something else that you haven't done at at Augusta that you want to do now or maybe somewhere else that you want to post up Uh, or or are you going to stick to Amen Corner? So, um, I differently this year, I will follow Tiger Woods. Um, we, like I said, we usually make a beeline straight for 12. Um, okay. it's a great place to sit. Uh, there's a concession stand right there, which y'all have heard about the concessions and the yeah. prices and everything is really, really, really cool. But, um, man, I just want to, I want to follow Tiger Woods. I think he's going to do something special this year, you know, 
uh, the buzz is back in the golf industry, just talking to people. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's happening and I'm, I'm excited to follow him around this year. So I'll probably walk a lot this year. Um, not just well, because I'm trying to lose some weight because I am, but also <laughs> hopefully you bring your walking shoes. Yeah, man, absolutely. Wear your tennis shoes whenever you're going to Augusta. Yep. That's awesome that you, I mean, you get to see Tiger Woods. I, I remember how nostalgic it was for me to see Tiger Woods uh, back at the Honda because I hadn't seen Tiger since I was probably about 10 years old and I made sure to get tickets to see Tiger just in case, you know, something happened with his back. I mean, this is my chance to see Tiger and I followed him from start to finish, but now just amplify that because it's a major and he's playing well i can imagine the crowds are going to be so massive to where you could just feel the roar of the people just by walking yeah i mean it's uh like i said augusta is a special place as it is you you know it's the one it's the one golf tournament that you can if you win it you can complain it forever i mean you have the sandy lyles and the bernhard longers and the fred couples that yeah. are there every single year and you know to throw tiger on top of this and then the the youngsters that are out there that are just um you know kind of op- wide the doors wide open with who's going to win which i know we'll talk about here in a little bit but yeah it's cool. going to be special it's going to be a lot of fun this year before we uh, move on here, Trey, I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on Tiger as a whole coming from the golf industry. What what do you think is the biggest thing that he does for the game? I mean, definitely it's the excitement that he creates. Um, you all have probably saw and read, you know, the the um, the watchers on TV, you know, the whatchamacallit, you know, the, the, how many people are watching on these golf tournaments or setting record numbers kind of like they they were back in the day in 2004 oh, yeah. 2005 i mean these are these are record numbers coming in so you have your uh you know you have your hardcore golfers that are going to play no matter what but he really entices the um the the golfers that may not play as often you know your weekend golfer and it really gets it really gets them excited about golf so uh being in the golf industry it's just it's amazing to see people pick pick the golf club back up and and go play so you know he really does a lot for the game in that aspect yeah it's exciting to see i mean he's such a prominent sports figure i mean you you talked about uh the ratings that we're seeing i mean just at bay hill uh that event doubled their ratings and they were competing with march madness yeah it's crazy because people talk so much about how they dislike tiger woods and how Oh, all you're doing is showing tiger woods but the numbers don't lie the numbers are there that tiger woods makes the game of golf better And it, and this is no, I mean, this is no, uh, you know, this has been going on for a while. It's, and when he was, when he was out for a while, it just felt like something was missing, but you know, everybody was still thinking he's, he's going to come back. He's going to make a comeback at some point in time, which he did try twice and failed. Right. I mean, yeah. he played, uh, tried to start a couple times and didn't make it back. And this is the first time in five years or longer that he's actually made a comeback and he's stayed and he's healthy and he's he's actually now coming out and talking about how difficult it was at that time, which, which he didn't do the first couple times he came back. He did, never said how difficult it was for him. I mean, he I heard an interview the other day that he, he, he was saying that he was having a hard time even getting out of bed in the morning, much less thinking about swinging a golf club. So yeah. to hear him being really honest about some of that stuff says not only a lot about his physical capability abilities but also where he is mentally and as you all know as golfers golf is just as mental of a game as it is a physical game so to see him say some of this stuff is really special and and is really really exciting cool with that being said trey so let's move over into the our favorites 
section of this of this episode. Who's your personal favorite to win? Gosh, so this is tough. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of people in the field. Like I said, it's wide open. I think anybody can win it. Uh, my pick this year is Justin Thomas for a couple. I like reasons. that a lot. I know you. I knew you would like that because he's an Alabama boy. So um, that's, <laughs> that's part of the reason I picked it. Roll Tide, and then um, he's also a Kentucky boy. You know, he's from Kentucky. Yeah. I'm from Lexington. Um, his dad is a PJ professional here in the section. So we were at the section meeting together here a couple weeks ago. But um, just seeing what he's done in the past couple years is pretty amazing. I mean, just this year, two finish, uh, two wins already, five top ten finishes. He's made over $5 million this year alone. The guy is making a little bit of coin playing golf, guys. Not talking yeah, about all of his uh, – all of his sponsorships and stuff too. He's definitely having a great season. So I'm going to go ahead and put this out there as well. Justin Thomas is my personal favorite to win sitting at a plus 1000. Uh, that's great odds for, I mean, he's not even the, the odds favorite to win it, but on top of that, everyone knows that I love my stats, right? So Justin Thomas, this season has 10 Eagles. That's second in the PGA. He has Eagles to par. He's second. Par now, breakers, he's fourth. First round scoring average is fifth, right? None of that stuff really actually matters, right? It's all about how you finish the tournament. So for Justin Thomas to finish the tournament, his four, his round four scoring average is 67.75, which is first. His final round scoring average, which is the same, is first. Back nine scoring average is first. It's crazy to think, why would I not root on a guy who's showing that he's playing good golf, he's won this season already, and he has great value. You know, um, that's funny you say back nine scoring average. Phil shot 31 on his back nine in 2004 to win his first Masters. So I'm going to throw another one out there. I'm going to say Justin Thomas does something like that on Sunday and throws some ridiculously low number. Because he likes the pressure, right? He strives under it. Now, this is the one thing that scares me about Justin Thomas in 2016, he finished tied for 39th at plus 10. Last year, he did improve. Uh, he was two over for the tournament, finished uh, tied for 22nd. But he hasn't had the best showings at the Masters, but God bless. He's 5'10", and he hits the ball, what, 330 yeah. yards or something? I'm I'm also glad that you brought up his recent struggles at Augusta. Uh, guys, I'm, full disclosure here, I also have Justin Thomas at, oh, yes. at oh, plus 1,000 nice. as my favorite. So this is uh, a clean sweep. I mean, not only did he uh, does he already have a win in, in 2018, but it was the way that he ended the year last year with with, with so much poise. Um, really, for him, I, I I feel like he really got over that hump of kind of overcoming the pressure um, that, that, that he was facing in these big tournaments. Yeah. Now, uh, like I said, Trey, I like that point that you bring up. Do his struggles at Augusta end here? I mean, are we, are we going to see him um, finally take control of his game? One thing that uh, does kind of worry me, and we all we all alluded to it, the mental aspect of the game. He kind of scared me when he made that statement that he the pressure of him potentially becoming number one got to him in the last tournament. And that's nothing I want to hear going into a major because your mind should be set on winning, not what happens to your place and what position you're going to finish. That does worry me, but I'm still going with the Bama boy. I'm still going to roll with the tide, <laughs> and I'm going with Justin Thomas. So with that being said, Miles, I'm going to ask you this question. If you can't pick Justin Thomas, but you got to put smart money where smart money lies, who are you going with? All right, so this is uh, specifically how uh, he played at Bay Hill. 
And, oh my and, god! And, and that is Rory McIlroy plus nine hundred. Now, here is what I saw from Rory. I saw that man putt like I haven't seen him putt in years. It was confident. He was putting so well at that tournament that he ended up just pulling away from the field on a Sunday where everybody seemed to be within one or two strokes of each other. Yeah, definitely. He finished uh, five of the last six holes with a birdie, which is pretty cool. Um, I'm going to go. I'm sorry that I'm tackling all your guys' picks, but I'm with Rory as well because, I mean, you know, uh, the craziest stat that I saw about Rory is he hasn't missed a putt from three foot this year. Three foot and That's really 100%. I like that. Putting, but even better, putting from seven feet. He's fourth at 81%. So you tell me this man has a seven-footer. And this is this shows you how well he putted at Bay Hill. He has 81% chance to make a seven-footer. Trey, who's your pick? Well, I guess I'll I'll finally break us up a little bit. And we did not discuss this before recording, so right. <laughs> for us all to have the same picks are pretty crazy. Um, my smart money pick is m- might be a dark horse pick to some, but it's Zach Johnson at plus 11 thousand zach johnson who is a prior masters champion right is having a decent year he's had a couple top 10 finishes he's had many top 15 finishes and i'm a big i'm a big fan of golfers like a golf course right you like a golf course that you want to play he likes augusta he's won at augusta before i think he's going to rekindle that again and i think he does have the ability to go low there this year Man, I really like that because that my mind wasn't even going towards ZJ. And I was thinking like other players uh, that might be in my smart money pick that really once I thought about it, I, I want to stay away like a like a uh, Dustin Johnson. Even when it comes to uh, uh, Bubba, I know Bubba's coming in hot, but there's a there's a difference between winning um, the Dell match play tournament or, or winning at Augusta. I know he's done it twice, but. It's a difference to me, and I think that his game is still a little erratic, although he's playing good golf. Scrambling in this tournament with this field, with this amount of pressure, even you think about with Tiger Woods, I, I don't think that Bubba's my smart money play. And uh, I, I like I like your pick with ZJ because my mind was not looking at ZJ at all. Yeah, and with such a wide open field, I mean, uh, we have to think about uh, those golfers who have had success in these major tournaments, and it seems like Zach Johnson is always uh, inching his way at the top of a leaderboard. So uh, definitely like that pick for sure. Uh, should we go ahead and talk about some dark horses? Yeah, let's talk about our dark horses. Um, so I'm going to start this one off, and I'm going to give you my two honorable mentions. Um, <laughs> and the first one I'm going to go with I'm just going to call a spade a spade. If you guys are out there and you're betting people and you don't have any money on Tiger, I don't care if it's 5 or $20. You have to put money on the man because you're going to be that person that says, I knew I should have bet on him. So I'm at plus 900. Tiger is my honorable mention dark horse. And my second, the value. The value in this, I know his struggle. he's been struggling in majors, but I, I just really like the golfer as a whole. And I'm going to go with... Uh, Louis Oosthuizen at plus 5,000. Those are my two honorable mentions. And he took home a Masters, right? That, 20, 2011 or 2010? Am I am I right about that, Trey? Uh, he did win. I'm not sure exactly which, which year it was. Yeah, close so, so to the he's, 10 there. He's, he's got the experience. Definitely has the experience. Um, I know the last two years weren't, weren't what he was looking for. Um, but, I mean, I, I'm going to tell you as the truth. I already have my money on Louis Oosthuizen in all my other picks. So uh, I'm not even thinking twice about that. Um, do you guys have any honorable mentions, or are you just going to go straight for your dark horse? Uh, I'm going to uh, have one honorable mention. Who's your honorable mention? Let's hear it. Uh, so my honorable mention is a man that I've been waiting to win a big tournament, and that is Hideki Matsuyama. 
at plus 3,300. Yes, I love Matiama. That's really, really good choice. Yeah, and, 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 and that's more of a feeler than anything, but uh, we're still waiting for him to break through and, and win the big one. Mr. Consistency. He's yeah. very consistent, mm-hmm. and I, I like that pick. Uh, Trey, did you have any dark horses? Um, I, I didn't have an honorable mention, but I will create one real quick. Okay. And uh, with the Spaniards having some success, I'm going to go with John Rahm. I mean, God, this oh, kid is nice. ranked second in the world and crushes the ball. And if he can keep his composure, which he's been known to kind of you know lose it a little bit whenever the pressure's on, if he can keep it, guys, I swear he would be a really good one. I know it's not really a dark horse at, at plus 2,000. My dark horse of all dark horses is Bernhard Longer. Oh, I love it. Let's go. Guys, listen to this. He has won 36 times on the PGA Tour Champions. He's played in 215 events and made 215 cuts. He's won $24.8 million on the PGA Tour Champions Tour. It's it's amazing to me. And it seems like every single year, one of the, uh, we won't say old, let's say more experienced guys in the field make a <laughs> yeah. run. You've had Tom Watson up there, Fred Couples up there. I'm putting Bernhard Longer as a very, very possible dark horse. If it was uh, if we were at Keeneland or at Churchill Downs there in Kentucky, I would definitely pick him to show, you know, first, second, third. But yeah. uh, man, he's got he's got a really good opportunity this year, I think. Talk about value. That is what extreme value. I think that I I want to kind of renegotiate my dark horse because <laughs> even if my dark horse doesn't win, I mean the value is not there compared to uh, Bernhardt. So Miles, who's your dark horse pick? All right, so for this one, I'm going uh, specifically on uh, play of this year. Uh, we've seen a top 10 finish in the Arnold Palmer and the Valspar. I'm going with Patrick Reed at plus 4,000. I really like that one. Okay, so with mine, this man has, what, five top 10 finishes at the Masters, five top 25 finishes. He's coming off a win. Uh, why I say, uh, not the last tournament. I, I, I'm just going to go ahead and call this out there, guys. I do not consider... The match play tournament, a tournament that I consider that I count in stats with finishes because match play is a totally different strategy than going out there and playing stroke Absolutely. Play. So I'm going to go ahead and push that aside. Coming off a win, uh, Paul Casey at plus 2,200. I, I really like it. I, he did he did take a step back in this year's Masters compared to the year before with finishing sixth over fourth, but still a top 10 finish. I like Paul Casey sitting right here. It's a pretty good pick, and he's uh, coming off a strong win, so... So, and it seems uh, like he's always up there on, on – I feel like every time I look at the Masters leaderboard, I see Paul Casey up there. Yeah, two years ago, um, he, he that Masters I thought was his, man. And uh, a fun fact, I had the, the courtesy of doing the Masters scoring, the, the official Masters scoring that appeared on the television. And so you get um, you get a group of golfers. I did it for two days, so I did it on Saturday and Sunday. And you get a group of golfers, and all you do is you watch them every single stroke every hole and you you go ahead and you tally their scores so it pops up on the ticker and they were giving out a gift card for whoever had the best group and I unfortunately had Paul Casey who didn't finish too strong and Jordan Spieth those were two guys in my groups and at the beginning I was sitting so pretty it was like a $500 gift card so I'm like yeah I'm about to spend this visa by the end of the day I didn't win and so part of me is upset uh, that I'm picking Paul Casey just because I'm still salty about that, but I, I still have him as my dark horse. 
So you'd have to you'd have to count every single stroke that they made that day. You followed them all all, all the way around the course. Yeah. So what they do is they put they put it like it's kind of like on a grid. Um, you watch it and then you count the strokes. Um, ultimately, you don't need to see the strokes because they're gonna it's gonna it's all sat feed. So there's gonna be some recognition of what's happening but it's easier to be quicker when you you're, you're seeing the strokes and you just go ahead and you count it you put it in the system it's like a little uh excel spreadsheet that automatically pushes it out to the uh to the to the masses what's pretty cool is you you, you don't want to be that guy who ends up on a meme for putting the wrong score down because you see it all the time where someone who's typing that information in always messes something up <laughs> i was thinking more along the lines of i'd feel sorry for the guy who has to follow miles around and add all, all his strokes up yeah, absolutely. Brad yeah. is well aware of that fact. That's funny. So uh, I, I want to end with a couple questions here because uh, we do have a little bit of time, and, and it's not often that we – it's actually our first time that we have a guest. Do you guys think Ricky Fowler is going to win a major this year? Okay, so I will uh, chime in there. Uh, Ricky was uh, one of my early favorites to win uh, before I went with Justin Thomas. Uh, full disclosure, Ricky's been my favorite golfer you know, ever since I watched him play – at the Memorial, uh, I think it was like six or seven years ago before he came onto the scene. I think he's just been, he's just, he's always right there, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, and and um, was it last year that he was, uh, I believe he tied for 11th uh, last year at Augusta. I think that um, he has as good a chance as anybody else, especially where we've already talked about how wide open the field is for, for any of these majors. What but, about you? What do you think, uh, Trey, on Ricky winning a major this year? Yeah, I think uh, he's got just as good a chance of anybody else. I mean, he's been right there. A couple years ago, he won the Players, which you know most people consider to be the fifth major of the year. So yeah, I, know- I actually got to be there, which was really cool. That was a really fun day. So yeah, TPC Sawgrass is special. I've never been there before, but man, it was it was fun watching him um, watching him play. I think he's got the U.S. Opens at Shinnecock Hills this year. I think he's got a really good chance at the U.S. Open, which is the second major of the year. Um, you know, how can a guy not play the best golf of his life when he has a girlfriend like Ricky Fowler? So, I mean, yeah. he's he's, uh, he's got something behind him, and, and um, <laughs> he's so close, guys. He's really, really close, and um, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I would be on the bandwagon that Ricky will win one this year. And add to the Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, this would be the third year that, you know, there was really a breakout young uh, golfer, even though he's he's probably a little bit – he's a little bit older than Jordan and Justin, so – um, yeah, I think he's got a good chance. Okay, let's ask another question, and this is going to be Masters-related. So last year we had the opportunity uh, to see a playoff, and Sergio took it down. So now if we're going to this year, who finishes better between Sergio Garcia and Justin Rose? Miles, let's hear your take. I mean, right off the bat, my money's just on Rose. Yeah. Um, Just because... I think Rose is playing better golf uh, right now. Yeah, I just Doesn't like have been... the distraction of a child. Yeah, he's just been more consistent. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's my pick. What about you, Trey? Um, you know, it's funny that nobody picked Justin Rose or or even mentioned Phil Mickelson in any of this. You know, talking about Phil for just a second, and then I'll come back to this question if that's okay. That's, yeah, please, um, please. Phil, talking about Phil and talking about Bubba, you know, there's been some success with left-handed golfers at Augusta. Uh, Bubba Watson winning a couple times, Phil winning a couple times. You have Mike Weir, the Canadian, who won. So there's been some success. I would say don't sleep on the Bubba or the Phil pick as well. 
Um, I would 100% agree with both of you. Justin Rose is playing better golf right now. Sergio is the defending champion, so he's going to be hosting the champions dinner. He's going to be doing yeah. all the elegant stuff this week. I wonder week. what they're so, going to be eating. <laughs> who, who knows? So he's, uh, you know, he's going to be doing some other things. He's going to be uh, have some extracurricular activities this week that I think will take his mind off of it. Now, if he comes out and throws some crazy number out, I'm not going to be surprised because, you know, he's the big man on campus this week, right? Everybody's going to be excited oh, yeah. to see him. He's showing up in his green jacket to his locker. So he's he's very, very excited. But no, I'm 100% with you. I think Justin Rose finishes better than Sergio. And cool. speaking of Phil, can we please get a Tiger and Phil final pairing? That would be Sunday? amazing. Well, I I think that'd be amazing. It have so many people torn because like when they're when they're not when one's in contention and the other's not in contention. I'm like so happy, but then I'm like, wait, who do I root for? I love you, Tiger, <laughs> but dang, it's Phil. You know, it's pretty sick. Okay, let's go with another one. Let's go battle the young guys. Let's go Bryson uh, DeChambeau versus uh, Daniel Berger. Who you guys got in the matchup? I'm leaning towards Bryson. Go ahead, Trey. Oh, I'm uh, I'm going with the scientist. I mean, did you all hear him yeah. on 18 last week talking about air density and whatever He's else he was crazy. talking about? Way, way, way over my head. I was playing golf with my grandfather last weekend. He handed me a Cobra iron. It was an eight iron. He said, everything's the length of a seven iron. He was so proud to have that set of golf clubs. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I just think the confidence that Bryson, you know, exudes and, and – um, he has experience. He's played at Augusta a couple times, so I think he finishes uh, higher than Daniel does, even though Daniel's a good golfer. Yeah, they're, they're both playing solid golf. I'm going with Bryson. I completely agree with uh, with, with both of you guys. Love the old-style hat that, that he brings out. <laughs> and also, have we, I mean, have we seen a golfer approach the game like he has? I mean, it's just, it, it, it's such a, you know, trade, like you said, scientist feel, yeah. right? It's, it's so methodical. Um, I feel like it's a player that's just ready to break onto the scene yeah definitely I, I i appreciate that uh that answer i huge bryson fan uh when i found i knew about bryson but never followed him and then i got a chance to watch him um at the api a couple years back when he was still an amateur and i was i was walking with his um his aunt who was being hosted um being hosted by someone i knew so we just got the benefit of walking with him and i was like who the heck is this guy and she like was explaining everything in his bag and and how he goes about the game and how he goes about practicing. I, I fell in love with him. So moving from there, I'm gonna give you guys one more pairing. Um, let's do a battle of the the previous number ones: Adam Scott versus Jason Day. Who finishes better? That's a good one, man. Um, I mean, I'm probably gonna go rise of right now, Jason Day. I'm gonna go with uh, man, this is tough. Dang, I wish I could say push because Jason Day and, and and you know I don't want to go here, but I'm gonna go there. Ever since Jason Day had to take the the quick leave of absence when his mother uh took took sick, it hasn't been the same electric Jason Day, the same the same fire. Um, I, I remember watching him at Bay Hill dunk one in the water. Um, still, still somehow saved Bogey, and I was like, there's no way he's making this play. He drilled it that. That Jason Day, I haven't seen that kind of fire. He's kind of like hanging around and falls off. Um, so I think I'm going to lean towards Adam Scott. What about you, Trey? Uh, well, first off, if I said anything but Adam Scott, my wife would probably kick me out of the house. He is by <laughs> far her favorite golfer. Um, I would go with Adam Scott. He's won at Augusta. Jason Day hasn't. 
Uh, Jason Day hasn't had very strong showings at Augusta the last five years. Um, his first couple appearances, 2011, 2012, 2013, he had some pretty strong uh, top two, top three uh, finishes. But um, I'm with you. Ever since he's come back, he just hasn't had that same fire. Um, yeah. I think that he is poised to break through at any time. I mean, guys, look at Phil Mickelson. He's, what, 40-some years old and yeah. came out firing like he was you know like it was 2000 like like it was 1999 you know i mean he was he was uh he was back at it so i think it's just a matter of time but um right right now this year i'm going with adam i said that was my last one but as i was thinking that because i wanted to ask you guys about um big thailand or whatever they're calling him now kiradek uh happy bonrot but I, before we ask you about him um, I do want to see who you guys who you guys pick out of the two coolest cats on the golf course. The guys who you'll see smoke an e-cigarette and drink a Bud drink a uh, Diet Coke. I can't say Bud Light because that's not not custom anymore. But uh, Kirdek Abibamrat versus Pat Perez, two of America's fans' favorites. Who, who do you guys got in that? I'm gonna go with Abibamrat because he was gonna be one of my sleepers. I'll take Pat Perez plus twelve uh, twelve thousand five hundred too. What about you, Trey? Yeah, I had uh, I had Pat Perez on here as my uh, dark horse, and then crossed him out and brought on Bernhard Longer. I, I watched Pat Perez at the Masters last year and actually followed yeah. him for a couple holes. The confidence that that guy exudes is just unbelievable. I mean, he's just like, get out of my way. He wants to go play golf and go home and sit on the couch. I mean, you all, yeah. all heard about his lifestyle. He doesn't work out. He doesn't want to work out. He has no desire to work out. And he just plays golf for a living, man. I mean, I'm uh, I'm envious of him, and uh, he would be my pick. Although I was gonna, um, I did look at at a Bonrat, and um, I couldn't pronounce his first name, so that's part of the reason that I that I skipped over him. But man, he is so much fun to watch on the golf course. He is, and to hear some of his interviews talking about you know what he likes to spend his money on. If y'all haven't done that out there, he's go, he's go the listen best. to him. He's funny. You know, I, uh, I I saw him at a golf course. When I said smoke an e-cig e and uh, <laughs> drink a Diet Coke, before I really knew who he was, I saw him making the turn. And on 10, he's walking on the fairway, drinking a Diet Coke, smoking an e-cig. I was like, wow, this guy really does whatever he wants. It's a different kind of style. Yeah, it sure. is. You have, like, the Rory's out there who, who are getting yelled at for working out too much. And then you have the, the Kyrdex who are like, screw it. I'm not working out kind of funny isn't it insane uh, how uh as golfers i mean does it really matter the body type it's like golf is just such an interesting and unique game yeah you know i I think uh talking about the game of golf talking about that for just a second i think they need more people like that like the pat perez's uh i think that in order to capture millennial golfers you need to be a little more lenient on some stuff i understand that i mean i'm a pga professional right the word professional is in my signature on everything that i do I understand that the game is traditional. I also understand that it's okay if you want to put your Bose portable speaker in your cart and turn music on quietly when you're riding around. I understand that's okay. I know. I understand that if you hit it out of bounds, it's okay to go up and drop one out somewhere close to it to keep the pace of play up. You know, these guys, I think, kind of get it, and they kind of, you know, they're really this this second wave, you know, and you know. And this would be a totally different conversation, but with Justin Thomas and Roy McIlroy talking about the fans the way they have the last yeah, little bit. Yeah, what is their deal? That that really, I'm not a I'm not a Roy fan, not even to the slightest bit. I 
I, oh God, he, he he just bothers me. Even like when he talked about the Olympics, he's just, like he's always crying. I love the fans, and probably because I'm a fan, I'm not out there, and every shot is not costing me thousands of dollars. But you have to make golf fun. Going to Let's just put this out here. So my girlfriend doesn't play golf. She loves going to golf tournaments. Why? Because it's an event. It's fun. Now, imagine if they limited you on how many drinks you could drink. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I probably wouldn't go. Yeah, Trey, I'm really glad that you brought this topic up because for me, it's a really big pet peeve of mine as a millennial where I want to see the game of golf grow. And I love seeing a guy like Tiger Woods back into the game bringing these fans back. But to have the players, you know, such as Roy McIlroy and his comments talking about limiting alcohol at a tournament or this or that, it it bothers me to a degree because we have to keep the millennials into the game. Yeah. You can't scare them away. Especially with like some of the biggest names because you think about it like Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods, these guys are all-stars, Hollywood, man. But honestly, do you think a uh, uh, Justin Thomas, uh, Jordan Spieth, you think these guys are going to carry on golf into the into the to the to the non golfers living rooms no but those other names will and those guys aren't gonna be playing golf for much longer so we have to make golf fun we have to make golf enjoyable we have to make it an event that that is suitable for everyone even if you've never picked up a golf club even if you don't even know what out of bounds on a golf course is and see this this is what took me so off guard from justin thomas you follow him on snapchat or instagram or anything and he goes on those spring breaks the bros Party's spring hard. break and playing golf in in barefoot with yeah. swim trunks with a straw hat on and no shirt on you know right. it's just it blows my mind that some of that some of that stuff happens but um yeah man it'll um it'll it'll continue to grow um yeah, it is what it is. Well, Trey, um, we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up here. We want to thank you sincerely for jumping on and being our very first guest. We hope that you had a great time. Yeah, man. I've been listening to you guys for a while. Um, keep up the great work. Hopefully we can do this again, maybe for another one of the majors or something. But um, y'all are doing a great job. Thank you so, so much for inviting me on and, and best of luck with everything. Thank you so much, Trey. And everyone out there, I uh, want to thank you guys for listening. Um, please, please, please download our podcast, rate, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or however else you get your podcast. We are still looking for mailbag questions. That's at bestthehouse at gmail.com. We're looking for sponsorship. You can find it on our website at www.bestthehouse, on Twitter at bestthehouse. Everything is at bestthehouse. Just find us, listen, like, subscribe. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys.